Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the What Did He Said podcast. I'm your host, Chingo Blingo with the Big Tamarindo. Shout out to my co-host. Marisol. Rob GTV. And today we have a special guest, man. You know, he had to go do all the Larry King shit first. You know, get the Will Smith shout outs out the way. And then come fuck with, you know, hit the hood one time, man. <laughs> Fresh off of Netflix. It's called Vagabond. Go watch it. Give it up for the homie, Mo Ammer. Woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me, man. I hit up the hood all the time. I just go buy my weed and get the hell out. That's usually what happens. <laughs> Zip off. Zip off, yeah. This one is my hood. One purpose only. I mean, one of my hoods. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Spent a lot of time out there, uh -huh. for sure. PABA, Progressive Amateur Boxing Association. Oh, on, okay. Um, on Elgin and Dowling. I believe uh -huh. Dowling now is Emancipation. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I got changed. Yeah, it's no more General Dowling. It's no, no more Confederate... Is that that's what they changed it. No, seriously. Yeah. That's what they changed it all. It's Makes crazy. Sense. That park is insane. You know why people are coming. Mm. Oh, yeah. We going. It's like, it's you like, could tell that's the first thing to get gentrified. Now, you yeah. want to hear a funny story? The other day, I was walking my baby, and I come back, and I, um, I told Chingo, I said, oh, my God, I saw a white lady walking her baby in her bob. I said, I bob think. Bob stroller. A bob stroller. I said, I think oh, it's God. happening. I said, white people are finally coming in. They're for real. They're They've serious. They've been coming in. They've been in right in the, like, in, right, in urban, urban yeah. lofts. They put them right across the yeah. street from, like, crack houses. Or homeless. Like, yeah, that was, homeless like, camp. eight years ago. Well, that More. was our purpose of, of, of buying Moving out here. Yeah, yeah. 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 Solid, solid. Like, To me, it's like, as an investor, it's yeah. like, it's not changing fast yeah. enough. Yeah. I want to see some progress. I'm sure this here. is the same pitch a real estate agent had. Yeah. Like, well, Chingo, this yeah. is what you want to do in this area. It's yeah. actually the museum district now. It's expanding. Yeah. Like, they call Fifth Ward North Edo. Uh, North Edo, right? North East of downtown. Yes. Or North that's, East. The, that's the real estate. How they're marketing. Second Ward, because see, I know you've been moving around, so I don't know if you on 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 uh, up to date with how they rename and shit. Like mm -hmm. Second Ward is Edo, which mm -hmm. is east of downtown. And now there's Edo Edge, mm -hmm. which is Denver Harbor. Right off of I Sounds right. very New Yorkish. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like so Weho, Soho. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you about New York because I noticed on your the credits on your thank yous, you shouted out the Comedy Cellar. Mm -hmm. um, did you do like a uh, did you move out there did you do some work out there so yeah this is like a question that i've been um toiling with for the last or answering improperly i don't know how to answer it the last three four years of my life you know i've been doing stand-up 20 years and wow. you know i started out at the comedy showcase and laugh stop was the first place i did stand-up in and well in a comedy club i started when i actually technically i was like 14 and what? In high school, yeah, at A Leaf Hastings High School, like my teacher's the one who got me to do stand up, so oh, I stopped skipping class. Oh, in front of the class, like jokes? Yeah, I was skipping like crazy. My dad died, and I just started skipping. I just, like, whatever. You know, I was selling like, selling, like fake Rolexes, and I was yeah. making a decent. Oh, so that's real. So oh, that joke real. is real. It's very, very real. And he, I'm sorry, became, guys. he became the Rolex connect to the, to the hood. <laughs> I, I was like, I, I was like the guy, hey, do you know somebody? You know, because Arabs, we just like. No, everybody. Yeah, yeah, we know hustle. everybody on Harwin. You know, that was like the thing. You know, this is the first, you know, I've seen my dad uh, before he passed away. When he came here, he was just like, you know, introducing me to all these wholesale people. And then his friends just took me in after he passed away and gave me jobs. And I just, uh, that's what I did, you know. So my that's teacher. That's a big part of the culture, right? Like that merchant 
trade. Yeah, I mean, entrepreneurial spirit, I would say. For sure. You know? Very much like we are entrepreneurially blooded, yeah, if yeah, that's yeah. even a yeah. word. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's what I did, man. I, was, I, I started skipping like crazy, and my English teacher gave me a shot, man. She's like, you don't you want to be a comedian? You can't be failing high school. I was like, yeah, it'd be devastating, actually. And she was like, how would your father feel? I was like, oh, right to the corazón. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, you know he just died two months ago. Damn. Why are you saying this? You know what I mean? Wow. Like, so, and then she let me do stand-up and uh, I stopped skipping and she changed my life. Oh, wow. that's dope. Yeah, that's I would like, awesome story. I would get out of other classes like throughout my years in high school to do, st- I did three shows in one day for my Spanish teacher for an extra 20 points all what? for my grade because I could speak Spanish well enough. How, how many minutes you had back then? <laughs> I would. Just, I didn't have anything. I would just put on a little uh, jacket and uh, I would go in front of the class and improv as Chris Farley. You know, fat guy in a little jacket. Yes. And I would just roast Classic. the kids in class. That's all I would do. And oh, then I would write good. some stuff here and there, and I would just do actual stand-up. But all of it was riffing. Right? All of, uh, it was just like, yo, what do I want to talk about? And I would just start doing well, it early on. Dude, I got, I got into, I met you uh, through Juan Villarreal when I was starting in stand-up. It was probably about four years ago. So, I, you know, I still got my white belt. But imagine <laughs> what a blessing to start so young. Like anytime I meet like a, a few comedians who started like I was 15, like Jesus Sepulveda, he's yeah. like I was 15 years old and I just knew. I'm always like, dang, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't like choose it. It was just just like happened. The know? game chose you. Well, you. It was just well, more like I believe in in God. You know, like, I'm a yeah. believer. I believe in a higher power, um, and I believe in um, just like just the energy and the way it moves and the way it's hit me throughout. I was born. I didn't create myself. I don't know where these things come from. These instincts sure. come from, but um, I can tell you that when they're real and they're strong with me, they've been right. Mm-hmm. So it's that was like a thing I saw. It's a taboo name to say now, but in um, in February of '91, I saw. I went to my brother took me to the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo and saw uh, the band Alabama and Cosby. Okay, and that yeah. was my first introduction to stand up comedy, and I knew right away I was like I want to be a comedian. Uh, I looked at my brother I was like I'm gonna be a comedian and he was like shut up dumbass yeah I was like no for real you don't even know yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know like that's how, how it felt it felt wow. super real and four years later I was doing it it was crazy I mean not to the you know comedy club standard but it was still like getting reps did you kind of already know how you how to write like comedy structure. like structure wise did you I understand it, it already at I think it's just like um, natural. like a natural cadence mm-hmm. that I had, just like uh, things that I would pick up on and people would laugh on it. Yeah, yeah. And it's just the way I was saying things. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, this is going to be hilarious. It was just like, hey, this thought, oh, I didn't know this line was a punchline, yeah, but cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, it was just it. like, so yeah. I started learning that way. One thing I noticed, bro, and you're special, which we thoroughly enjoyed, watched it again this morning just to, you know, oh, man, finer, cut, finer tooth comb, like has some uh, notes and stuff, is how many accents you're able to pull off everything from like the ESL teacher to the, <laughs> the Japanese. Oh, comedy. <laughs> like you did. I wanted to, I just lost count. I was like, holy shit. Like this is a big part of your arsenal. Like from the Chinese lady, fuck question. Yeah. Fuck like, question. Oh, I, almost, I almost called the special fuck question. I almost oh, did. Damn. I almost did. Actually, Chappelle was telling me you should call it first question because he introduced me in the special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, his yeah. Voice, yeah. yeah, it's his voice, and he also came out and surprised the audience, which oh. is not in the special. Oh. It was cut out, but maybe at some point that footage will surface. But what he said was just like, like it made me cry afterwards. But it was oh. just like it was like a very 
very powerful moment for me for sure so he introduced you he introduced me yeah he was side stage and he actually when they started chanting they started chanting mo 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 in the beginning so that was the second show so dave went on only for one of the shows Uh so we were backstage and i was like yo um as dave was like would you introduce me side stage this is like 30 minutes before kickoff he was like yeah man whatever you want hell yeah i was like um do you want to go on and surprise the audience he's like yeah man whatever you want did he do time yeah, so my manager, who used to be Dave's manager, and they're very close friends, and he uh, he said, they're like brothers, actually, and he goes, uh, why don't we split the difference? Why don't you just go the second show and just introduce Mo side stage the first show, and then the second show, you come on, you know, yeah. and surprise the audience. And so he told me he was going to do like a hype set, a, a, a comedian's equivalent to a hype set. So he went on stage and told him about our history, and he was like, my baby's growing up, you know, that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> he, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he was like saying, you know, we've done over 600 shows wow, together. And wow. uh, I didn't even know we did that many shows. I couldn't hear him when he said it. But the conversation that was happening before he went on is like, how can Dave be on stage and introduce me off stage as well? It's not possible. So Dave is talking to the director. He goes, uh, Stan Lathan, who's like, who started Def Comedy Jam. He's like a legend. And he goes, uh, he goes, uh, Dave's just telling Stan, he goes, listen, this is what we're going to do. Uh, I'll go on, and I'll say Mo Ammer at the end, of course, and then people are going to think that Mo's coming on. Mm-hmm. He says, don't let it sizzle. Mm-hmm. Let the crowd wait. Yeah. So I didn't know this conversation happened at all. I have no idea. I got like four hands on me, you know, like lint yeah, brushes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. Checking the hair, making sure that it's the same as the first show. Yeah. The yeah. clothing, they're wiping the bottom of my shoe. Sweat, like, I couldn't even back of your sweating knees. Sweating crazy. Like, yeah, it's so hot in there. It's a hundred plus year old theater. I was sweating in the storm. You could see at the end of the special, I was dying. He was hitting that tower every two. <laughs> I was hitting that. Ooh, a lot more than that, bro. I was yeah. pausing a lot. So for editing purposes, but they were all over me. And Dave was out there talking. And then he walks off. He says, more ammo. I was like, like, okay, I get in my queue. I'm waiting there. I'm like, yo, what's going on? And Dave tells him, he goes, wait like 30 seconds, a minute. Just wait like a minute and then start the show. Let that whole simmer. Mm. Yeah, but I'm like freaking out. I thought something was wrong because I don't know because the music came on. Nobody told the audio guy. So bang, bang, comes on. And so people oh, are like, shit. Oh, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are like scared a little bit. And I was scared. Shit. I'm sure the people were scared too. And this guy's like, well, yeah, you heard murmuring. Like a solid, you know, 20, 30 seconds goes by. And then one guy goes, Mo! He's sick of waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy goes, yeah, Mo! And then it starts a whole damn chant. Yeah, speeds up. And I'm sitting there like, let me chant my man. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 I literally yeah. was crying, bro. Fuck I was yeah. before the set. Because my mom's out there. Yeah. And she killed me because I walked out the first show. I looked out at her and she's bawling. I was ah. like, mom, I haven't even said hello. You're killing me. I get emotional thinking about it. So that's Dave's doing, you know, he created Aww. that energy of in that crowd that second show, and people went crazy. Bro, my my favorite moment. I I texted you this is after you you know the story about your mom, and they pan to her, and you're just like, "This is all for you, mom." And just from like a, a fellow immigrant, you know, yeah. not so much refugee on my part. You know, my my parents found a way to finagle. <laughs> The border, you know, shout out to Chapo's Tunnel. Yeah. But, uh, shout out for sure, man. I'm addicted to that show, by the way. Oh, I'm obsessed with it. I that. speak Spanish like I'm I'm being chased by the <laughs> DEA. I like how they say DA is DEA. Pinche gringuitos. Son de la DEA. Son de DEA. Exactamente, cabrones gringuitos. Socios es negocios. A la verga, pinche de Lo que va a pasar en el gabacho es más peor. But, dude, no, honestly, that was my favorite moment. It's like, ah, oh, dude, like, you're like, it's all for you. And then 
just hearing all the shit y'all went through. Like, I, I even started Googling. Like, there was a part where it had to do with, like, Germany and stuff. I started, I Googled Germany and Palestine relations. And mm. then Israel and Germany came up. And I'm trying to, like, piece it together. Mm. And uh, just all the stuff y'all went through from, like, Saddam Hussein and, and the story about them fucking with y'all on the bus and your sister. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. That's the Is original. That, like, that story, when, you, when it came to your mom, though, I low-key just got a knot in my throat. And I was like, yeah, okay, this is, this is like a comedy special we're watching. Why do I have a knot in you'll my laugh, throat? You know what I'm saying? Cry. It was like, oh my God, gangster. She's a gangster. No. And that's like gangster. Gangster. Seriously. Like, like nobody can fuck no, with. Like nobody. Give me a break. No, no. I hear I hear women like complaining or guys complaining in their marriage about like, oh, you don't do this, don't do that. I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. You guys yeah. have a beautiful house together. Yeah. You have kids. You can go get any food delivered yeah. to you at any moment in yeah. time. You got Amazon Prime, bitch. Yeah. Shut yeah. the fuck up and be happy and be Genius, grateful. Genius, though. Like, who thought of, like, it was like. She's a guy. Like, what she did, also my father was, like, taking him before. So my dad died young because he was, in my opinion, obviously I can't prove anything, but he was, like, in prison for, like, 50 days for no reason. They thought he was, like, a spy. They were just collecting Palestinians in Kuwait that stayed over there. And my dad was a little open, probably with his political opinion. That's like us saying fuck Trump, you yeah, know, or something uh, like that. Imagine just getting picked up because you just yeah, said yeah, yeah. that, you know. Got it's it. a whole idea of freedom of speech exists, why people seek it out here in America. So my dad, which I didn't know, was being, you know. Like persecuted. Yeah, he was, he was, uh, it wasn't good. He was, I, I found out in my, like, mid-20s when my attorney, my immigration attorney handed me this paperwork and I was just going through it and I see pictures of my father you know cigarettes put out on his leg oh. and stuff like that I was like wow I was like wow. this is just like killed me I was like oh this is what killed my father him being you know his not being treated the way he was supposed to losing everything overnight and having to endure such pain of course sure. all of my dad's friends like died young and when he was taken away like my mom we don't know how she did it to this day how she got him out like we don't know Mm -hmm. There was like some ransom involved, wow. and she did that. Like she was by herself. It was her and my brother, because she got us out first, and she left my brother with her. And he had cousins, of course. They were all together, and at some point, they all got out and were in a building when the U.S. came in. I wasn't there for that part, but um, but man, she did that. Like we don't know how she got my dad. Like did she met him? They let him go in her custody. She paid the thing, and. They left. Crazy. I'm like I don't know to this day, and God knows how many things that she, that she did that I don't. I'm not aware of. So she's a gangster, and she deserved she, man that dedication. For real. When she, you said like genius, like cut the seams of the uh, of the seams of the purse the the, and put money, money in there. Explain what a money belt. Money belt. Yeah. So I remember to this day. I can't. I'll never forget. It. It's just a white band. It was like the thing that you put around to support your back. You know, and mm. she cut them a certain way, and then she folded them. And then she like a stash just, yeah, she just like sewed each, you know, each, uh, you know, like a little square, you know, lines of them across the board. And she put equal amounts of money and put it on as a strap and then put layers of clothing over it and did it a certain way, I'm sure, where you can't feel it if they pat you, but they weren't searching women anyway. The crazy thing, man, is like, like you were saying earlier about, you know, Americans, how spoiled we are. We have access. You could, you could order some shit to your doorstep and, yeah. and to not be grateful you know, it's like a reminder of like, you're lucky you don't have to make a money belt. You're lucky you don't know what a yeah. fuck a money belt is. And can Access you imagine? Access to water. Bro. Yeah. The fact that you can walk over and, and just take a shower for like an hour. 
yeah. and not care, you know, and just and like, know that your money is safe in the bank. That there's not going to be a, a panic. Well, for now, well, yeah, 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 that we know of. Yeah, until, yeah. You, until you lose it all, bro, you'd have no fucking. Until idea. you lose it all, you're like, maybe I should have a stash of gold or something, <laughs> you know. Until you lose it all, and that's what my mom was always like preached to me, and that's why I wanted to dedicate it to her because it was definitely her um, commitment. It's definitely her commitment and her um, determination to make sure her children are safe. And, and like the faith and the spirituality part. Uh, I mean, I could, you know, you could tell, man, like you were just super humble. You know, you're so grateful to the to the crowd. And, you know, and, and like you say, your spirituality is a big part. I mean, I'm sure that's got to play just a big role in how you approach, you know, 20 years of comedy. And, and you're just grateful for it, it, it all happening. Like the Will Smith thing. Yeah. Do you know Will or how'd that come about? So... Um, that's a crazy story too. So, um, I'm in LA and I can't remember what we were doing. I think I was doing all this. Yeah. I was doing all this pre-special stuff. I was meeting with Netflix and stuff like that. And, uh, Chappelle happened to be in town at the same time. And since I've like been opening for Dave for all these years, and obviously we just hang out. He's my boy and we're just hanging out and he goes, Hey man, I'm doing, he does a lot of pop-up shows. Mm -hmm. he, you know, it's kind of like amazing to just, Oh, I'm going to do a show at six. Let's, let's. Let's announce the show at 6 p.m. Sold out. Yeah, seconds later, it's gone, right? It's crazy. But L.A. shows are very special because you don't know who's going to pop in. Yeah. Everybody loves Dave. and I mean, like a wide spectrum of people do. So he goes, hey, man, why don't you come to the Peppermint Lounge? I was like, cool. We're going to have a good time. I was like, cool, cool. He's like, can you make it? I was like, yeah, yeah, I have a flight like at 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm filming that Hulu show. And uh, right before I leave, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'll come. I'll just change it to like a 1 a.m. flight, so I'll make the set, and I'll just leave, right? So I walk in. The Peppermint Club is small. probably holds like 120 people. They're all stacked in there like sardines. You know, I couldn't even like look in there. You walk in right into the green room. It's like a little small, very small space. So I walk in. I was like, what's up, Dave? Look over to my right. What's up, man? Look over to my left, and I see Will Smith. <laughs> what the Just fuck? nervous and nervous. That's the weird part, right? Will Smith why, is nervous? Yeah, why is he oh, nervous, wow. right? Just a little, not not super nervous, but just like you could tell, like, he's just kind of jumping around a little bit, and he's just kind of feeling it. He's in his head. Don't tell me he's trying to stand up. So I, yeah, he is. So I walk, that's the story, yeah. So I walk in, I look over to my left, and I was like, holy shit, that's my dude, man. What's yeah. up? I was like so excited in the inside, but on the outside, I'm like, what's up, man? Good what's up, Fresh Prince? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, bro? I'm a huge fan, you know what I mean? What's up, man? Good for you to join us. Why are you nervous? He's like, yeah, I'm do a set. I was like, wow. what? And then Dave was like, yeah, man, it's just part of his 50th birthday bucket list. Oh, wow. You know, uh, he has a bucket list for his 50th birthday, and he's doing it as a show. And it's one of his things that he always wanted to do stand up with Dave Chappelle. Wow. Um, so he, apparently he's been working on this set for a hot minute, and he's going to do it. I'm like, my God, this is an amazing night. Then John Mayer walks in. What? <laughs> yeah, I was just about to ask you if you got yeah. to meet him. Oh, yeah, we've hung out. Oh, like, I won't be. Yeah, we've chilled at his house. I'm Pinch me, please. And then he, so he he comes in. I was like, "What's up, John? I've seen him many times. I love John. He's amazing. My favorite. He's, ama he's favorite ama human. He's amazing. That's amazing. He's an hear. incredible person. Everything you see is true. It's wow. the way he is, bro. It's, he lives that way. So then I was like, "What's up, John?" And then uh, John Stewart walks in. I'm like, "What's up, John?" And I <laughs> and I did a tour with John and Dave here. Actually, we were, we were doing Texas and done shows before together and, and I met John at Radio City Music Hall when I, when I did shows with David. John Radio Stewart? City. John Stewart, okay. yeah. So I met him at Radio City Music Hall when I was doing shows with David. Dave did like a 16 show run at Radio City Music Hall in New York City wow, and I did six of those place. shows and the first night was Chance the Rapper, John Stewart was the surprise guest, uh, myself, Hannibal Burris, 
and Dave. Oh yeah, I've seen pictures on Instagram. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Those, the, so then, so then we hear, I earned his respect that night. John was like loving me. We connected instantly, and then fast forward a year later, we're all in LA now. Crazy situation. Will Smith's right there. Then Michael Che walks in. My boy. And then Michelle Wolf was there. And then my boy Donnell Rollins was really like my homeboy. Homeboy, I love that guy so much. He's the, one of the realest in the game. Who else is there? Oh, Cat Williams. Oh, Cat Williams oh my there. God. Right Along is, with Will is, Smith and all these motherfuckers. This is all everybody in this little ass. That's the audience. Room. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's who's in the green room, wow. bro. That's like who's everybody apparently is performing. So Dave's like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go up first. So Dave, I was like, why are you going up first? I thought, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought you always last, bro. What are you doing? So he's like, nah, I'm just going to host and fuck around. I'm just going to have a good time. This is my night. I can do whatever I want. You know, that's the whole thing. I'm just going to go up cold. So he goes up cold. Then, uh, and then John joins them. And then he, they, they decide on the spot they're going to they're gonna co-host together. Oh. Dave will lead. John will be on guitar. And they'll play together. Because they do a show together anyway called uh, um, uh, Controlled Danger. Anyways, John Mayer. John Mayer, yeah. So then he goes, and then they're doing the lineup. I was like, damn, I got a 1 a.m. flight, man. Fuck this flight. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to leave now, bro. I got to, like, be, I can't just leave, can I? So I just had it, and I booked another flight as a backup, you know, just to see what would happen. And then, uh, and then Dave goes, um, Dave goes, uh, Will's going to go up. I'm going to, I'm going to go up. And then Ashley Barnhill went up, a young comedian. She went up, did a little set, and then, and then the show, like, really just kicked off. And then she, uh, and then, um, what do you call it? And uh, Will Smith goes on. Crowd goes bananas. Surprise. Bun. Everybody's a surprise, right? Bananas. Oh, like Grace losing their minds. The so people who are in the audience, they just randomly chose to go out that night. Just I have no well, clue, randomly, right? They think they're just getting Dave. Okay. They're getting Dave Chappelle show. That's what they're getting. That's what they're there for. They're there Got for it. Dave okay. and the Dave experience, right? So they don't know who's back there, but they know there's definitely celebrities oh, back shit, there. Tupac. Is Selena yeah, yeah. is. He's young. Yo, Selena, <laughs> Tupac did a duet. <laughs> so it's crazy. So Will goes on, smashes. Wow. He did his thing, huh? I mean, like, killed, bro. Wow. wow. Legit killed, punchlines. He had he had like a staff of writers stashed away for like a year. It in his is basement. what it is. He still <laughs> delivered, bro. It was crazy. He killed it. Then uh, then John goes on, and I'm back there like, who's going? I like I was just like, let me add him. I like to me, in my opinion, at that time, just my assessment. Forget about like feelings. Just take your feelings out of it so you don't get like anxious. I was just like, this is this got to be the sweet spot after all these guys. You're gonna go on, and then you're gonna just like make fun of the whole situation and kill. And then there was just like a point where they didn't know, I didn't know who's going to go on. They still think I have to fly out. Some of Donnell asked, Donnell asked uh, Dave in front of Michael and Michael told Chase when he told me this, he goes, uh, who's on next? He's like, I'm going to put Mo next. He's like, well, Mo's not ready. I'll go on. And Dave looked at him and goes, that nigga's born ready. That's <laughs> <laughs> the guy, bro. I was just like, I want. And that should be the name on, of your next special. That nigga's born ready. And then he goes on stage and he introduces me and I have a phenomenal set. Will see, Will's at that point sitting in the audience next to his wife and uh, I believe his uh, manager and friend and his mother-in-law. I forgot who was all there with him. It was such a crazy oh, night. Oh, that's cool. And that's, and that's how that went down. And then had a just smash. Freestyle the first three minutes. I think that my opening line was like, "Man, you guys are getting such a great night." John Mayer, Dave Chappelle, 
Will Smith, John Stewart, and now DJ Khaled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was just bananas. And then yeah. I did like seven minutes and I got the hell off stage and, and I changed my flight immediately and wow. chose to go out in the morning and go right to set instead of like leave that night. So then um, it was just amazing, bro. Then everybody else went on, smashed and... You know, Che to Wolf to Donald Rollins ripped the room, and then Cat Williams went on stage at the end and just murdered for mm. like a solid 30 minutes. Just murdered. And then we had wow. a jam session at the end where Cat Williams was like freestyling and everything. And that was it. That was the night. And we that left. was it, huh? Just that I was left. it. Epic. <laughs> that was, Epic. oh my God. Fucking explosion going on. Yeah. <laughs> Pyrotechnics everywhere. Yo, yeah. so, so go, going back to the New York question. So, as mm-hmm. a young. Houston-based comic. Yeah. What was your first uh, uh, like journey outside of the city? Like, all right, I'm gonna go to LA, or where did you go? To yeah, the- I took a different strategy. So, Danny Martinez, which I'm sure you know, he started the comedy showcase many years ago. He was my comedy mentor. Um, I left the laugh stop, went to the showcase, took me under his wing. He was like, "Look, you're gonna be my." He told me this. He was like, "You're gonna be my last student. I see a lot of future in you." Blah blah blah. If you listen to me, you're gonna be very successful. But it's gonna take 20 years. Wow. And he says, if you don't, if you don't listen to me, I don't want you to be a part of this. Don't waste my time. Oh, wow. And I was like, no, this is what I want. Yeah, 20 years, fine, sign me up. You know, like I was just like in. So he was just like, you need to go on the road, earn your wings, all that. So my first ever tour, um, I was 18, had no business probably going on at that time. Danny had a longtime friend and comedian, Dennis Fowler. Dennis Fowler was going to go with him. He canceled on him. And I was like, take me, take me, take me. Please, take me, take me. I'm ready. Right? I was born ready. Yeah, it wasn't for that trip, bro. That thing was next level. We went, we went all the, I wasn't ready for these like really shitty one-nighters where you don't know what's going to get and you go on cold and you have to control and command the audience out of the gate. I mean, it had good sets. One of the nights like I killed. And the rest of them were just like work. Yeah, I worked yeah. hard, and then we were in, ended up in South Dakota, and some at the Ramada Inn at Stephanie's County Club. I'll never forget it. And the first show was good. It's a bunch of old people, but it was like good. And I did, you know, decent to like twenty five minutes. I thought I was king. And then and uh, as, eight, as an eighteen year old, yeah. Wow. And then and then, <laughs> then to wait for the second show. The second show was all bikers, all bikers, and they were passing around. I'm not kidding, with women sitting on them, tattooed up as stereotypical as you can imagine. They're passing around, you know, the boxes for the old porn tapes. They're passing around, <laughs> like, freely. I'm just like, While you're looking. performing, they're exchanging yeah, porn tapes. Yeah, pre-show, during the show, they're exchanging, they're, like, trading them, like, baseball cards. But, and I go on stage, and I'm dying. Like, I'm dying badly, because I can't, I can't help but think that these people might murder me in any moment in time. <laughs> like, I just... I die and I forget everything. Forget my, I did like 10 minutes and I forgot my set and I got off stage. And Danny was like, Ready, huh? 10 fucking minutes. Ready? I got to go up and do an hour 20 to fulfill this contract. I got it. Ooh. So Danny goes up, professional, spanks the art, murders the room. I was like, Yeah, I got a lot more work to do. But yeah, but shortly yeah, after I've never that, met I got him. my shit together. I never met Danny. Yeah, he's great, man. A year later, I started touring, like for real touring. I had a solid oh, 30 minutes, dope. 40 minutes. I was already like, I was doing a lot of shitty one-nighters. You know, CW Kindle, if you're listening to this, fuck yourself. Uh, booking every, own, to help you, help you own a map and a routing direction. That guy was like the worst person to ever work for. Oh, shit. He, you would be with, like in West Texas in the Midlands, in, in Odessa, Midland, Odessa, and he'd be like, uh, hey, Mo, you want to go uh, do Friday in uh, Midland, Odessa, and then Saturday in Muncie? 
I was like, Muncie, Muncie. Indiana. Muncie, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> it's like a $125 gig. I was like, do you know it's like I have to get off stage an hour before I get on stage to make that gig in time? Like, what's wrong with you? So I hung up on him. I was like, uh, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I did that for like six years. Oh, wow. with Jim Holder. Like, not just with him, but doing a lot of one-nighters, some clubs here and there, just earning my stripes. Some USO shows, some comedians were, you know, very awesome and took me on the road. It's it's at the end of the special in the credits, actually, with uh, Olivia Arrington, Carolyn Picard. They took me out early on. I was like 19, 20 years old. And they took me out, did all those USO tours, like the MWR tours. Mm. Um, Yeah, and I just started touring. Then I was like headlining pretty regularly when I was like 24. 24, yeah, I was headlining comedy clubs around the country and stuff like that. And then I did that, and then I joined a crew called Allah Made Me Funny. They came out of nowhere. What? They asked me to join them, and then we made a movie like in 2007. And that's how I met Chappelle. He came out to our show and with his family and surprised our audience. And then we became friends from there. And then four years later, yeah, I happened to be in San Francisco with Azar Osman, another fellow member and co-founder of Allah Made Me Funny. And he was like, Dave's in town. Was that a documentary? Or yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I heard it. It was like a documentary slash some stand-up. It was like 30 minutes of stand-ups and documentary footage. Okay. It was. I feel like, I, oh, I watched that. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a baby. You know, you're almost embarrassed yeah. of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's not. It was a huge uh, learning experience. It was like gaining a master's in comedy or, mm. you know, I would say that. It was like to raise capital, to make a movie, to put it out in theaters independently to then tour the world. We toured South Africa, Australia, and then I went on to, we went on to like tour globally. We did the Apollo in London. We did, God, we did like 25 cities plus throughout the UK. I think 28, 28 shows in like 30 days. One stint was like the most hilarious tour and I wish we had it on film. Uh, I mean, we had like a really great successful run of doing Holland and throughout Scandinavia and Australia and South Africa. It was crazy. And so Dave were always respected the fact that we were so indie and we were able to tour the world. Like, it's like, this is, we were touring mainstream audiences overseas before it was like a thing. Mm. It's just a thing now. It's just become a thing now. People For, like, for American comics to go do mainstream overseas. Yeah, like it's like a regular, for sure, like regular thing. Before it used to be a few guys that are either super famous or guys that lived in those countries for X amount of time and built up their audience and created their fame in that country before, you know, all this popped off now, especially with the Netflix mania. So that's one of the things that helped change it, you think, is like Netflix putting out specials on people is what made it open up internationally? I think YouTube is the one that did that first, mm. you know? Having the ability to even like, for other countries to be able to see what stand-up is because stand-up comedy is one of the indigenous art forms to America. So it's like hip-hop, jazz, and stand-up comedy. Now those hip-hop and jazz already spread like wildfire throughout the world. Like I was in Lebanon and I saw graffiti of Biggie Smalls with a tarbush, you know, a traditional hat on top of it. I was like, this is in Lebanon, Beirut. So it's already spread. Yeah. So now you have stand-up, which is has its history. People are familiar with the greats but don't really know the art form entirely and didn't have their own generation of comedians in those respective countries. Well, it's blowing up in Mexico. Mexico, like Comedy Central set up shop. Mm. Uh, Netflix is putting out multiple specials on like uh, yeah. Carlos Vallarta, uh, Franco Escamilla. Mm-hmm. Only because, like what you said, where it used to be all about like Polo po- guys like Polo Polo, which was a, a different structure. It wasn't stand-up. It was mm-hmm. more like storytelling and like jokes or something. Right, right. But um, this new American stand-up format, these these kids got on YouTube 
and f- translate it or they speak English or they figured it out. Mm-hmm. But now they're like, de hecho, estaba aquí en mi, mi rancho y algo sucedió. <laughs> you know? And, and so some of these guys, you could see them and it's like, oh, this is the fucking Mexican Louis C.K. Or, yeah, or, yeah. That That's might be a bad dope. one. To say too, <laughs> too soon. Too soon. <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's not too soon. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, man. So but, I got uh, a question piggybacking on the Houston thing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any insights on the laugh stop and what it was like for maybe fans of Chingo who don't know what the I laugh stop was. I never, I never had a chance to go check it out. It's a, the laugh stop is probably one of the most, probably one of the sore spots for me in Houston comedy. I think for a lot of comedians, it's like one of the most beautiful things and the, like the saddest thing that happened. So the laugh stop is an iconic venue that was in Houston and also in Austin, I believe. I'm not sure if they had any uh, other cities, but Bill Hicks is like very well known in that. Sam Kennison is known in that. The Texas Outlaws, you know, from Andy Huggins, uh, Jimmy Pineapple. Uh, um, was Mitch Hedberg? Uh, no, Mitch Hedberg was there. He was touring. This is pre, way pre, but mm. it's just like 80s and then the rise and the, like the, the kind of like the dull moments in the early or mid 90s and then the rise of it in the late 90s. And the, and the club would have like Mitch Hedberg. Them talk, the, the, when I walked into that club, the headliners were like Mitch Hedberg, Dave Chappelle, uh, Louis C.K., uh, oh. Joe Rogan, even back then. Uh, my God, man, it goes on and on. Like every person that you love and like admired went through. Dave Attell, uh, God, it just keeps going, man. So there was like major class A comedians that were coming through there, packing the place out. Um, it, was, it was just an incredible place. Unfortunately, the guy who ran it at the time, who I won't name, um, you know, was probably unsuited to mentor comedians and probably should have, you know, uh, cared about the club a little bit more in its future. And, and unfortunately, that made it all like topple down. And, you know, he kind of didn't treat me that great. He was just like, it was just, I was 18 again. I was like 17 when I first walked in that place. I was 18. He was like, you need to hang out here all the time. I was like, bro, I'm going on the road trying to be a better comedian. Like, You're like, bro, I'm in high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just graduated. Number one. Number two is like, I'm going on the road. Like, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be upset with me that I like hold it against you that you're working that I'm working or trying to get better on the road like what's wrong with you so I noticed immediately that he wasn't the, the best you know route for me and I noticed that um, a lot of guys would get stuck in that circle and trying to trying to you know be at the laugh stop all the time rather than work on their craft and be on the road so that's why I chose to hang out way more and be at the comedy showcase which had juggernauts there as well come through like Ralphie May who came out of the comedy sh- uh, showcase and was mentored also by Dave, uh, by excuse me Danny Martinez and you know he's the one who gave him the spot sh- the shot before when everybody wouldn't because he was so overweight mm. they were concerned that what might happen to him on stage you know he's Damn. much bigger than he was now or when he passed away so um so yeah so it was just like the last stop was like the spot and it's it's really iconic and it's a lot of people have recorded their records there like, like Dane Mitch Cook Joe right? I think no, Dane yeah. at the time was yeah Dane was hitting it Joe's up like first crazy one. Joe Rogan's first one I mean my god man last stop I believe in Austin uh, Bill Hicks filmed his special there you know mm-hmm. like it's an iconic place and it's devastating to see it go from Houston now mm-hmm. it's become like a corporatized you know, with the improv, and I'm glad it ex- at least exists so it gives, mm-hmm. you know, a platform for comedians. But there's just this character that was so unique that it held such a unique place in stand up and its history, man. It's fucked up that it's gone, man. 
like Tommy Chong used to come through there. Like everybody, uh, Doug Stanhope. My God, Doug Stanhope, I think, shaved his balls on that stage <laughs> oh, like, wow. in front of a live audience. Like that was pre-cell phone footage, that's for sure. You know what I mean? Like it was crazy. That place was just like insane. And it was like, like a hangout as well. Pablo Francisco used to pop in there all the time. Like it was just, it was definitely a big hangout. And uh, quite frankly, I kind of avoided that, you know? I kind of avoided that and I kept my eyes on the prize. Like, like I had to... I had to focus on being a better comedian, and I don't tell. Don't get me wrong; I had a good time here and there. You know, of course I did, yeah. <laughs> but um, but that wasn't like if he treated me a little bit better, if I felt more welcomed from the the guy. And then he left, you know. And Danny would tell me that all the time, man. Danny would be like, "Don't even sweat it, man. These guys don't last. Nobody like these guys don't last." He would tell me all the time, man. Focus, keep your eyes forward. Stay in your lane. Trust me. The real ones, they'll show you. They'll show themselves to you, and then they'll, you know, they'll be real ones in your life. Other guys that are just like in it for the short term, trust me, they'll disappear. And he's right, man. So mm-hmm. many guys, just like. Well, yeah, this is definitely a, a long term type of game. Oh, for sure. Like the, you know, the commitment. Yeah, they say it's twenty not... years for overnight success, bro. Yeah, dude. I mean, hey, man, I gotta give it up to you, bro. You, you popped it off, man. It's like I'm really... trying to finagle it. It's, you didn't finagle it, man. You did it with hard work, determination, and talent, man. It's like really dope, man. So uh, we're hitting uh, our, my fifth year this year coming up, 2019. We're excited about, you know, hitting all the markets and having the fans come out and, you know, just paying my dues, earning. My, I'm a white belt, you know, earning my stripes. You're not a white belt. You're past the white belt, bro. <laughs> earning my stripes. You know, I, I got a couple a stripes. I, I got a white belt with a couple stripes on. No, no, no. There's no such thing. I don't think that <laughs> even exists, bro. What, what's after white? So, okay, I'm, a, I'm maybe I'm a little teal, little blue belt. <laughs> no, you're baby more than blue belt. I, think, I have I a question you, for yeah, you. Um, wh- what did your when you told your mom I'm going to be a stand-up comedian? What did she have to say to that? Was she, she supportive? Said Canadian? Why do you want <laughs> to be Canadian? <laughs> yeah. we, we came all the way to America. Hey, like, what's the matter with you? You get better rights here. Uh, no, I mean she she didn't even know what it was, and um, she was definitely just concerned for my future, just like any mom would. She's sure. like, "What is this thing? You can go tell fucking jokes. You can make money on this. Like, what are you talking about?" Mm. I was like, well, not right now. You know, it's going to take 15, 20. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you you should always tell me, like, you can be successful doing something else and being close. And she would try to bribe me because I was trying to get into, like, the Stardome, for instance, in Birmingham, Alabama. And before I left, she was like, how much are they paying you? And I lied. I was like, 300. She's like, I pay you five to stay. She didn't even <laughs> I was like, no. And I was only getting 100 bucks, you know? And then I had to, like, show it to her when I come back. Because I'm a kid. Like, I'm a baby, right? So I'm just, like, coming back. And I would stop at the casino to earn a couple of hundred bucks playing wow. poker. Oh, wow. You know? And I wasn't even supposed to be in there. I would just walk in and just play poker. And I'd wait till I went 300 bucks. And I would leave. And I'd be like, see, Mom? I'm doing okay. <laughs> she don't know. I just drove 24 hours round trip and fucking stopped for three hours to try to make 300 bucks. That's and crazy. And what if I lost? Yeah, it's crazy, man. So she was concerned for me. And she has every right to be. Like, for my... If I had a son today or a daughter today, and she walk here, she walks up to me, he's like, "I want to be a comedian." I'd be like, "Oh shit, I don't know, man. You know, this business is is the worst, you know, and the best, but it's the worst." Mm-hmm. So I would be really afraid for it too. So it was it was tough, yeah. but but she, the moment where it really turned, you know, there was a couple of things. One being on like this huge Egyptian show with uh, with uh, Bassem Yusuf, who's like the Egyptian John Stewart at the time before they ran him out of the country. He had like 80 million viewers, and that was to her like, oh, you know. And then when she saw him at Radio City with Chance and John and Dave and Hannibal, she was just like, oh my god, yeah, but that was like recent, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wow! It took twenty years. Yeah, but for her like, to like ah, really grasp. I see. I see what you like. You, you got to imagine it. Like my mom, she's seen me like in the smallest venues and clubs once or twice in her life, and then I just tell her like these things are happening, and then she just fast forward and this kid's been telling you his mother for like twenty years. I have this vision. I have this vision. I know what's gonna happen. I see it, and then she sees it. That's a big fucking like she was again like it was Radio City sixty five hundred people like I had to follow Chance bro I had to follow Chance rapper after like his Grammy wins and an hour set of just murder and energy and you know you know problem closing with that I'm like what are you talking like I gotta follow that five minutes after I did fifteen minutes up front. I gotta come back in five minutes right after him after a ten minute intermission. These people come. Oh, back after the intermission, that's hard. Yeah, and that's, that's why I earned the respect to John that night of Stewart. That's when we became like, oh, this guy's the real one. I was like, oh, you are the real one. You, you know? held it down. You are the you know like it was one of those. Ni- that was the night that my mom was like, all right, I'm gonna stop talking about this. Uh, I want to give you props, man, for representing like like your culture and your style on stage with with what you were wearing. Like, yeah. like, can you describe like the swoop? Was all that custom? Like the yeah, everything. I designed all that. So I designed the jacket. I designed the uh, the shirts. I wear the shirts. That's designed so the 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 piece itself that's underneath there. Some people look at it and like, is that an apron? I'm yeah. Only white people. I'm like, Fuck yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and, so, and my and my nanny and my nanny, and my nanny. <laughs> this morning. This morning she's like, ah, pensaba que era delantal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. funny it's so, so tell us yeah. so yeah so I just started like you know it's all about influencing society as you go you can't like it's like people are taking from my culture on a regular basis right so like hummus is like a thing they're just selling it in like Tupperware yeah and uh, bastardizing it and not even serving it properly and I'm like just furious might as well so this checkered pattern is from a kafaya. it's a hatta you know in Arabic and it's each one, you've seen the red ones that they wear on their heads and you've seen yeah, the yeah, yeah. black and white ones. And each one is designed for a particular tribe, an Arab tribe. They mm. all come from Arab tribes. Like Saudi Arabia is the tribe of Saud. Like they are a tribe. Qatar, also a tribe. Uh, different different in tribes. Different countries, different tribes. So they have different stripes, different lines on them, different movements on them. So I decided, you know, I like extended t-shirts. Yeah. I like them a lot. That's what I normally buy. I don't like no crack coming out when I bend over. I want yeah. long t-shirts. And so I was like, oh, why don't I just add, you know, the, the mm-hmm. yeah, the swoop and add it on there and I have different designs of them. Like I'm wearing today with the two triangles, but I wanted to make that. And then so, yeah, I've been designing them, doing them for years. And that logo on the back just says Mo in Arabic. Okay, oh, yeah. that's what I was asking. <laughs> we saw your logo pop yeah, up, yeah. like production credits and everything. Yeah, well, it just says Mo in Arabic. That's all it is. My mom went to my mom's favorite place to go is Lebanon, by the way. So oh, she yeah. goes. So she brought me back my nameplate in Arabic, and I said, "Oh, I gotta go get that tattooed." And <laughs> I went and I got my name in Arabic tattooed. Did you really? Yeah, because of the the whole nameplate that I have, and every time I I'm wearing it, or they look, they're so confused. You can like, pass. I can, can. Yeah, yeah. Can. yeah, yeah they're yeah. so confused. They're like, uh, "Okay, why are you wearing that?" Uh, you a speak Arabic? Do, I'm I've like, "No." Yeah, a lot of people do that. I see a lot of women do that. I'm like, "Oh, you Arab?" It's like, "No, no, I just have it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom brought it back. She loves. I mean, she has all sorts. I mean, you go to her and her hair salon, and, yeah. and well, she also caters to a lot of the Muslim women. So mm. she's one oh, of. Okay. That's why. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know to be able to wear the hijab. The, the hijab. So mm-hmm. she'll take them to the back and she'll cover it. So a lot of the yeah, Muslim yeah. men, uh-huh. 
respect my mom for that. So they'll send, hey, go to this hair salon. They oh, actually, oh, she'll actually take private, well, private, in in, private in the back. And so she'll cut their hair, whatever oh, wow. they want in the back. So my mom, a lot of her clients are. Mom's a gangster yes. too, man. She's like, listen, we found an untapped market. She's like the Harriet Tubman of uh, mira, hair mira. salons. Esposa de Mohammed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, she has a bunch of them. So it's like, they, these women always come to my mom and I love it because it's like, she's one of the That's few dope. and she's never, um, what they always tell my mom is like, anywhere we go, they're always saying, no, we can't, we don't have a private area for you. Like, like we're not going to move our chairs just back. so that you can get a haircut. But my mom has always done it. So that's, that's her clientele sick. is a lot of Muslim women, Middle Eastern women. It's crazy. Yeah. So my mom goes every few years with her, one of her really good friends to Lebanon. That's her, oh that's her God. spot. Yeah. Your mom flipped that into like Arab vacations. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Slanging baklava's out the <laughs> Straight back. Up, bro. That's hilarious. It's, yeah, it is. It's really hilarious because with the first amazing. time she went, she calls and I hadn't heard from her and I was like, oh my God. And this is her one of her Lebanon trips? One of yeah. her Lebanon trips and I'm like, I'm like telling my sister, I'm like, man, have you heard from mom? She's like, no, I was like, me either. I'm like, man, what's going to happen? And she's like, I don't know. And so then she calls and I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, I'm glad you made it okay. She's like, yeah, I'm good. And I hear in the back, like all this, Oh. And I'm like, da, 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 da. what is that? She goes, oh, they're just having a war on the other side. She goes, the wall, they're cool. fine. We're fine. The yes. Oh, my the war, God. Way down there. So I guess yeah. Israel or something because yeah, they're shooting. She was shooting because my mom's friend is Christian. So the whole thing. So I'm it has like. has nothing to do with the Christian thing. I think. Anyway, it's a longer conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think she was like saying, oh, well, where Misha lives, it's the the. The Christian side. So she's like kind of trying to explain to me. I'm like, wait, so there's a war going on and you're just okay. She goes, oh, no, it's you're fine. You're on vacation. You're on war, vacation. Yeah. War zone? She's like, it's fine. I'm telling you. She's like, don't worry about it. She's like, we're good. I, she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I already like, know. Yeah. She's like, fine. She had no problem with it. And I'm all it's like, it's sad, but she's right. <laughs> and I'm all calm. I said, like, Mom's in America where they're having a war. I'm like, I don't know if she's okay. You cut to her. It's like, man, man, man. She's sitting there eating hummus. No, she's uh, loving yeah. it because, um, She's like, all the food, she's like, I can't ever sit up. She goes, I can't take it anymore. She's like, I'm just going to wear stretch pants. She's like, every house we go to, she's like, you have to eat. She's no, like, no, ungodly amount of food. Yeah, and it's like served, the entire table is served. So Yeah, yeah that's and, why we laugh at Thanksgiving. We're yeah. like, this is every weekend. Yeah. You know? We make nine dishes every weekend. What are you talking it's about? Every time uh, my mom goes, you want to go to Misha's house? I'm like, mm, nah, I'm not. I'm going to pass going on Misha's house. She's like, because <laughs> yeah. it's like, try it. Here, yeah. eat it. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm full. I'm good. No, no, no. You have to eat it. We, we still have the and we it's just like it's just food after food and i'm just food everywhere you familiar with the restaurant of uh, fadi's yeah of course you fuck yeah. with it yeah yeah, yeah. oh i bet you guys i hard. do yeah, yeah yeah i like i love fadi's fadi's is on point no doubt I'm not gonna not front but there's this other spot too called tahini plus tahini plus tahini plus bro son tahini plus <laughs> yo son man <laughs> Woo! Where's that? Town? I was, yeah. Mm, that's what side of town is on. It's right <laughs> off of I 10 and. Bro, listen, Tahini Plus. I can't even. They've delivered to to the show that my mom actually, when 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 we did the shows, of course, when we did the shows in Sugarland with John and Dave, uh, I was like, Mom, I want to, you know, treat my friends and this and that. So my mom told me about it. She's like, Tahini Plus, I got you. She's like, Don't even worry about it. I was like, No, 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 I'll do it. She's like, It's my gift. So she just like calls them up, bro. The spread was on, like, I would look, I opened it up, I was like, they're about to eat home. Like, they're about to eat, like, they're at my aunt's house, like, at my mm. mom's house. Like, it's just going to be that Dude, kind of food. Is this? 
Yeah, you'd have to look it up. I, I'm okay. not going to lie, but it's all for I-10 and something. It's all for I-10 and Bro, wow. listen, the lamb, get the men's F, man. You just like, if you like lamb and yogurt, bro, you just going to lose your mind. It's like the, it, to me, that's where, that's the mountaintop in Houston. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's my, like, um, we're going right after this. We're going. <laughs> yeah, my mom's friend always says though that the or what she says is the buffet is cool, but when you order a la carte, that's the legit 100%. like where the real food is. So, so she loves. She's the one that introduces to Fadi's, but she'll say like, "Yeah, that's where we go." Like, eh, you know, it's almost like a to get your fix. Yeah, to get your fix. She's yeah. like, but the real legit places where you actually have a menu and oh. you're. Like ordering a la carte. Yeah, from, I don't want to disrespect fatties now. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want no beef. I'm yeah. just saying they're on point too. They're almost on point. Everything is on point. Yeah, yeah. Like that. I also like Abdullah's, man, on Hillcroft and 59. Man, they always treated me right. And they, they have like legit food. You can get that. It's not, you get like specific meals that they yeah. want. And they rotate what they cook on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, excuse me. And they have a bakery in the back. And I used to always like, because, you know, all right, we just after the boxing gym, me and Ray would just smoke weed and just have a good time. And um, sorry, Ray. And then we just uh, <laughs> and we just drive around, and then I just we'd be driving by there, and they start, you know, they have the bakery, so I just pop in, I'm like, "What's up, guys?" <laughs> and just get some fresh pita right off of the right out of the oven, you know. That's the spot. There's a place knows. also on Eldridge called La Petite. I don't know why that's called that. But Listen, I'm not gonna go anywhere. Yeah. Any Arab places <laughs> like Oh La, La Petite, Petite yeah, yeah. It was French, highfalutin <laughs> French influence. No, but it was, like the, it was. Well, the French, pretty. you know, they were like they colonized yeah. Syria and uh, and uh, well, definitely uh, Lebanon, and then I've got it all over the place, North Africa, Morocco, and stuff. So they speak French and they do that, and so I could see like some Arab guy opening up a restaurant. Le, le, le Arabia, yeah, you know, like dude, just no, le Abdullah, yeah, please don't let your name Monsieur Hala, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 Monsieur Hala. <laughs> I just am not gonna name anything after my conqueror. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Like, I'm not gonna do that, bro. Yeah. Yo, so one thing I before we, you know, I can't forget to mention this. So you touch upon a lot of like a lot of Latin stuff and how you know what I'm saying, like the how you look, you could pass for Latin and shit <laughs> like that. The shit that got me is something that super relatable is the brisk wind thing, the bells pause. Yeah, oh we were both like we were wondering the same thing. Like, what yeah. do you mean? It, uh, just go, tapete la boca. You go outside, tapete la boca. Yeah, my mom's like, everything. Like, thing. make sure your face, your face your is going to get yeah. crooked. And as a kid, yeah. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling me that I'm going to go outside yeah. and it's going to be cold and now my face going to be crooked? I was like, that doesn't even sound scientific. And she's your right, fucking yeah. joke about it no, is like, hit right. it. Hit it on the net. So it is true. Yeah. No, no, I had that happen to me. No, yeah, it's I'm in the, it's in it's the, well, I know it yeah. is, but I just don't know if, you know, sometimes it's embellished on stage. Every single thing that I did in my special is hundred percent based off of truth Real life, okay. like i would say like the majority no every single thing in my special is based off of truth and with some punchlines of course sure but it's all like the my closing thing at the end that was real i had like i had like some ridiculous like nunchucks and long knives i used to like practice and take uh, different martial arts and stuff but i was like this looks shady as shit and i had a lot of weed and i turned around and the guy did it almost kill me and that's what I said. I was like, because our Lord and Savior Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he just let the me cop go. He was story. like, you yeah, right, yeah. son. You know, like that thing is true. The left hatawa, the, the brisk wind thing did happen yeah. to me. I started feeling like weird the, the night before, but I had a tooth uh, a root canal done. 
So I was just like, oh, it's probably like lingering numbness. And the next day, I was like, who you be taping me here? Yeah, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> you know that whole thing happened. I was freaking out, and it's true. And my mom was like, ah. You know, you're fine. Just put olive oil. And that's it. I'm just a greasy freak. I was like, yeah, that's right. I was like, bro, no, that's 100%. 100%. When I was growing up at uh, this man at church, same thing happened, right? It was cold. He had just showered. He went out. So he goes up to the front. He's giving his testimony. And I'm in the front. And I'm like listening. And he's like, well, you know what? You know, we're praying for you. And they're like, you know, we're going to pray for him so that his face can go back to like normal. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the whole thing. And then when I turned around, I looked at my mom. She goes, like, I told you, it really does See, happen. Yeah, exactly. She was like, exhibit A. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. She's like, there you go. That's your living proof. It can really happen. But I still didn't believe it because it's like, no one else says that. No one in any other culture have I ever heard them say, Cover your mouth because your face is going to get cold. crooked. <clears throat> Have you? Know. No, I'm not sure. This is the first time I hear about it in, in uh, the Spanish. Hispanic? Oh, really? Yeah, oh, oh, it's yeah, like huge. It's, yeah. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. We're so similar. Yeah. I mean, we're so similar. I mean, Arabs were in Spain for 700 years, mm-hmm. and it's like we're all like cross each other. Yeah, I mean, yeah. do a cheek swab. We'll find, you'll find 23 all kinds and of stuff. Me. Shit. Yeah, right. I will never do that, bro. I have my DNA and shit. Oh, yeah? No, nah, I ain't doing that. I know where I come from, son. Yeah. Are you seriously paranoid about that? Like, they're going to clone you or something? No, fuck the, I just don't want... I just feel uncomfortable that they have, like, a little laboratory with my saliva sticking in it. I just saw Minority Report, and I just they freaks me out. They your That's DNAs it. on a yeah. crime scene. Yeah, whoops. Yeah, I just... I don't know, man. Do you watch Westworld? No, I can't. I, right. I started watching it a little bit. All right. I'm actually, I have a, like a hiccup about watching HBO right now because I uh, passed on an HBO special when I did the Netflix thing. So I just, I just been watching a lot of Netflix. It's all good. Hey, Fair on the enough. record, you know, team Netflix. Shout out, shout out <laughs> to HBO. <laughs> yeah, shout out HBO, for bro. Future, I love you know, them. For no, future I love stuff. them, bro. I love HBO and, and I, and I love both of these parts. And it's like, I'm very happy about my decision. Don't get me wrong. Everything's going great, but you know, it's just one of those things that I had to like separate myself from. I but, just can't watch Westworld. I just can't watch Westworld. <laughs> Game of Thrones. I, I, I watch the shit out of Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, I can't wait. I got it Santa Claus out. on the Game of Thrones throne. Is that what that yeah. all it is? <laughs> Made out of candy canes. Bro, you're hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're gonna get. I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna I didn't get know that was candy canes. Yeah. I haven't. Uh, we oh, haven't. Yeah, we haven't watched uh, much of it's either. So good. Yeah. So, what is an entertainer like you watch? What do you consume the most? Uh, man, I'm like a wide variety. I, I'll I'll get into something and I just uh, I soak it up, man. Like Narcos, I watch the hell out of all the Narcos, everything. All they're the they're first, addicted to the, them. The, yeah, the that? new one, the Mexico one. Of course, I've seen it multiple times, and then I watch the the not so good. Um, Univision El Chapo version, yeah, which yeah. is not bad, but it's not right. Like, wait, wait, but wait. I watched all of it. The three nef- seasons. The Netflix Univision El Chapo, the one that's on Netflix. Yeah, I like that one. I got, mm. I got hooked. I got hooked, man. I mean, it's not the acting is not like my favorite. Yeah, yeah, per yeah. Se. yeah. It's not about like Spanish. I love actually, you know, watching a show that is all in Spanish. Basically, like I, I love, I prefer it. It's mm-hmm. great. It's very, it's real. It's, but it's just like not that good. It's, but the story is what I'm attracted to and to yeah. see like how the DEA basically just controlled how much drugs is allowed to be put in the la space. Like, <laughs> la yeah. And then when he was just like, okay, I'm opening up a place in Malaysia and we're going to start, lab, you yeah. know, we're going to start opening up a lab in Malaysia, El Chapo said. And they were like, nah, nah, he can't do that. And he was like, fuck him, I'm doing it anyway. And then a day later, they're about to come after him, or they did come after him. And he was like, all right, I'll stop the lab. And they're like, too late. You <laughs> out, bitch. I'm like, really? I mean, he's the most, con- you had him under control for that yeah. long. Like, that shit is wild. 
And is that, do you believe that, you know, don't get me started on this shit, but for real, like that tunnel, that tunnel that he got out of that prison, it's definitely inside job, right? Like the government knew, is that true, you think? Well, there's theories, like the one where, okay, one theory is that the person who seems to be Chapo, who's putting on his shoes and going like in the shower area and then disappearing, supposedly that's like a body double that, uh, that's like the inside job where it's like, he left another way, like they escorted him out, but now they needed an excuse to show the world and the media like, oh, this is how he did it. So it's almost like the prison people in the Mexican government themselves to save face built a half-assed tunnel that no one has, has really gone oh. through. Supposedly no one's really gone through it. They're like, yeah, it's completed, but it's dangerous. You might not want to go down there. Like I saw Vice on YouTube. It was yeah. a, a Vice segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, yeah, we don't know if that's even where Chapo went through or not. Yeah. So they just did it so he can disappear. Like, like the time. Look, mira. It's like actually like See? 25 feet like long. Es que no es. Look, he's gone, bro. Yeah, it's Chapo. He's short. He's chiquito. He All fits. of a sudden you hear a sneeze. <laughs> Shut up, Chico. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> dude coming out. Have they left yet? No. <laughs> That's so funny, bro. Yo, have you taken any like acting coach classes, acting stuff? No. no. Not since like high school. I did like... Um, so when I was doing stand-up in high school, my English teacher again, it's Broderick, she took me to a theater arts. So like, I don't know, man, this kid's been coming in doing original material, doing different accents. I think he belongs here. And that was the only wow. training that I had. Well, know? hey, I thought you did. Because, I mean, obviously as a stand-up, as a performer, you're trained to have the commitment. You're, you're trained on how to deliver certain lines. But even like a lot of like the face stuff and... You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, how, how well defined your characters are. For somebody who's never done like formal acting classes, like, it's like those 20 years were, that was your schooling. Yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. 100%, man. I, like I said, I said master's degree while I was doing Allah Made Me Funny. Like, that's true, man. It was like a little big, it was a next level experience of, you know, being the promoters and working with promoters and booking venues and then um, having to sell those things out and then. You know, having to perform in front of, you know, a thousand plus theaters it requires a different flex of the muscle. And then, you know, and then Dave, Dave was just like getting your PhD or something. Yeah, that was was it. Doing 600 shows plus with Dave is just like unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And then you talk about like, you know, making sure that I never get nervous ever again, like ever again. You work with Dave that long, bro. You it'll shake the shit out of the nervousness or celebrity. You don't care. You're like, oh, okay, what's up, man? Good to see you. You just don't feel because you're in weird situations with a lot of you different get excited, people. yeah. You get because you don't know. Like imagine Radio City. If I didn't have all that repetition in front of sixty, like as I was walking out on stage, the stage director and, and tour manager, CD, he was like, "Hey man, instead of doing twenty, you're gonna do 15 As they're announcing my name, he's saying, "Do fifteen instead of twenty, and then come up after chance." And do five minutes. This is all happening in front of John Stewart, who's excited his first day out of like the house and being part of something uh, other than the Daily Show. And he's seeing this comedian being talked to and saying, "Edit your set to fifteen instead of 20 and then you're gonna file chance." And I'm walking out more, ever, you know. And he saw me execute in that level, like you. It requires a shit ton of repetition and just focus, right? Yeah, and, and that, focus that strength. and to and to also know your material and time and mm. length and you know adjust and and switch and navigate while you're talking and your mom's in the audience and this and that and it's happening and mic techniques and everything else that comes with a lot of hours on stage so do you have any rituals leading up to a show or period as an entertainer no nah, i just pray i just do i say a little prayer to myself and then i go on stage that's it 
Some very simple, you know. Oh, man, that's fine. Simple, yeah. yeah. Powerful though. Yeah. I mean, I'm in my head. I think, you know, sometimes I think I just sit there. Sometimes I, I'm tired though. Sometimes I'm asleep, and then I walk on stage right after, like in the green room. I'll be like, that's literally asleep, and then somebody be like, hey, you're about to go on. You know, that happens too. So it just like you just don't care. Like those situations that Dave puts you in are just like hard to follow. Because you know you're I mean? you're having to hang and like. You know, like acclimate High pressure situations. Yeah. yeah, so it's either just execute or deliver. Yeah, exactly. Like the Will Smith thing. That's nuts. You know, having John and Dave and then Will and then John Stewart and then all surprises and then hey, who's this guy? Yeah. You know, they don't know me. Maybe a few people are familiar with me. Maybe the industry know me. People, you know, like I've created a name for myself within the comedy world, but for the most part. I don't know who I am, you know? Like, who's this guy coming yeah. afterwards? You got to keep your fucking just balls in check. You're like, come on, man, you got to get it. So, you know, getting those repetitions with Dave and, um, and those years before that all tie into this moment now, you know, 100%. The time with Danny teaching me everything and teaching me from, like, mic technique and teaching me about crowd work and certain tricks that you could do to get the crowd together and certain, you know, strategies that you can put in place and then implementing them. And, and Chappelle's one who taught me like, Hey man, you're only, you, you know, you're a better pi pilot. The more hours you have on stage, mm -hmm. excuse me on, in, you know, in the, the more flight hours you have, the better pilot you are. Same thing as a comedian, the more hours you have on stage, the better comedian you are. And that's been my passion. And that's circling back to the comedy seller. Comedy seller has been so good to me, man. When I got in there, it was just like crazy. It was like 17 years in the making. You know, I had like an hour and a half of material of fire. You know what I mean? So I got in there. It was just like, bah, bah, bah. And I was doing first week. They gave me like a set. And then the next week, it was like four sets. And then the third week, um, I swear to God, man, probably over 30 sets, you know, of that whole week. Like Friday and Saturday, I was doing 10 sets a night, which is like every single show that they have that night. Oh, wow. And, and then like Sunday, six, and then Monday, Tuesday, a couple. And then you're just like, you just, it was just crazy the amount of time that they would give me. Again, that's because I was like so ready, overbaked, so much material in the tank. And then when I came in, I came in just guns blazing. Mm -hmm. Represent for the H. Represent for the H. Where this H, motherfucker bro? from, yeah. bitch? We've been hey, telling you. The H, A leaf, baby. Motherfucking <laughs> Bill Hicks tried to tell y'all. <laughs> Sam Kennison tried to tell y'all. <laughs> Jesus so Christ. Funny. Yeah, it was crazy. So I got in there. And then it was like the Rolling Stone thing. They put me on the Rolling Stones comedians to watch. And then after that, I did Colbert. And that blew up. That did really well. And then Colbert. Um, Colbert, I just like was working hard on my hour from there and just continued to tour with Dave. And then I was really close because uh, I just like in love with, I just am a fan of HBO and their work and their history. And then I went there and then Netflix was just like, hey man, you know, they've seen me with Dave and they're just like, oh my God, what's happening? And then it was just based off of um, global distribution, you know, it was like a 100% business decision. and. Also, they love me there, and I love them too. And we had like all love between ball parties, and that's how Netflix happened. And we're here, baby. So you were, were in here. New York. So you were in New York for how long? Or I mean, I've been in and out of New York for many years, but the cellar in particular, probably the last last three, three and a half. So the last three and a half, you you've been putting mm. work there at that. Yeah, particular. that's that's been like to me. That's like the holy grail of of it's the mecca of new york is the mecca of comedy to me you know you could not to be cliche but make it there you could really make it anywhere it's a tough room you can go up 
in New York without the seller. Forget about the seller. You can go up in New York any given night, probably like minimum five to ten times a night if you wanted to. If you were like hitting it, you could hit up more mics. Some of them might be shit, but some of them are going to be dope. And there's so many shows from Brooklyn to Harlem to, my God, Lower East, you know, uh, Lower uh, Lower East Side to, uh, man, there's just so many shows. And the Village itself alone has so many damn shows. So you can go up all the time. So New York to me is where you do all the heavy lifting. You go on the road, smash, come back, rebuild, go on the road, smash, rebuild. You know, that's the... That's to me is like, and that's something I watch Dave do. Dave would just be like New York, then the Bay Area, then LA, then back he would to cruise New York. on. Yeah, he'd cruise on, and fill it, uh, fill up everything in between, like literally everything in between. And then like fifteen hundred shows the man did in like three years. Damn. So uh, I, I don't want to keep you too long. No, so, that's cool. So let's go ahead uh, and you know, start to kind of like land a plane. Uh, one one thing I gotta ask, man, is like what what is your process? on developing new ideas from like, oh, that might be funny, to like, oh shit, it's part of my hour, or it's a bit. Yeah. Uh, my process is not putting too much pressure on myself to think of something in the moment. And just more be in the moment and let it come to you. That's like, you have to live. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Live, experience bro. stuff. Yeah, right? experience shit. You know, if you're nervous about it, go do it anyway. Go see what it's like. It's like if you... If I'm not the type of dude that can just sit in a room. I mean, I can, but that sounds miserable. Like in a vacuum, like, imagine, what if? Yeah, right. I what's read, the thing with coffee? What's, right. that, what's that about? Yeah. You leave Seinfeld alone. Yeah, exactly. I can do that all yeah. I feel like I can do that all day, bro. I feel like I can just be like, oh, just throw me something. And that's the way I work. So the way I operate is I read a lot. I um, interact a lot. I just just constantly talking not with any agenda like oh i have this thing let me talk about this person at the coffee shop with it it's just your antenna is just open and receptive yeah i'm open and and i'm always watching and then what i do is i don't know how it really works but it just gets buried in my subconscious and then i just go on stage with like the first idea of what i want to do and then all of a sudden everything that i've been like doing the last three weeks just comes up on stage like i'll forget about it oh you literally go up with like not like a loose script you literally just kind of no script basically but then i just go up i have like the first thing i want to talk about Uh and then i take it from there and then usually you know um like if i do riffing off of just thoughts of your ideas that you kind of yeah yeah so i know like the first thing i'm gonna do and then i'll have like one joke in my back pocket like this will buy me some time because i just want to think about what i want to do next not really that like my heart's not even into it i'm just like oh yeah muhammad uber drivers i've had so many muhammad uber drivers yeah you know what i mean like every time i find them but i'm talking but i'm thinking about huh Maybe I should talk about bidets. You know, like, I don't know. But it's just, that's what's going on. That's usually my process. But I, and then I, and then it gets more and more organized as I go. What's your ratio from like writing to just writing on stage? Um, Sounds like you do more on stage writing than actually. Probably like 100%. Mm. On stage? Versus zero. Yeah, basically, basically what I do is I just like write down the ideas. And then I, and then I, um, and then I just like organ, try to organize them. And then I and then there's just like this massive notes page that I've developed, and then I just read that over like a month later, and then I'll take out the good stuff that I want to use, and then I'll just save the rest. But I'll just take out the good stuff and I'll put it on its own paper, and then I'll start dissecting that more, and then I'll think about it a lot, and I'll see it, and I'll think about it, and I'll see it, and then I'll get away from the paper, and then I'll just 
do it. That's it's all that's all the years of experience, man. That's yeah. mainly what. But it even is. when I first started, yes, it's true, hundred percent. But also when I first started, I would write like every, oh, this do this and oh, this do that. Oh, say this and say that and then say that, do that. And then I just be like, I got this, and I just I just get tired of it. Like this is fucking boring. So it's more it like too robotic for you, too like routine. Yeah. if I'm writing, script, I've written scripts. Mm-hmm. I can write scripts. But that's a different might not. I'm just like creating the characters sure. and writing it out. So it feels different. But performance, excuse me, performance is just like I take the idea and I play with it. And sometimes I'll just look at the audience for inspiration. Sometimes it'd be like a really lit, you know, combination of people that I just ask the right questions at the right time. And then it just becomes boom, 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 boom. And then it just becomes a set and it just molds that night. And then it's like, oh my God, you know, people think that I wrote this, but I didn't write it. And then maybe like five minutes of that set, I'll actually get to use on the next set. Most of it will just be like, dump and do that. So the more you write, you know, most of it is going to be crap. You know, the audience is going to feel like it's great, but you're going to be like, this is just whatever. And then you just shift, you sift through it Mm -hmm. and then you just keep the big nuggets and you take the nice gold chunks and you put them aside and then you do it again and you take those and you take the pieces and you're like, I don't know how this is going to work together yet, but let's figure this out. And then you start thinking of the arch of the show, the arc of the show, and then you start understanding like where it's going to go and how you're going to take it and then you just do it. That's my how process. often do you, um, I guess, rotate your material? So do you tour with it for six months, three months, or you know, yeah, so what I, do you? The special that I just did, I've been touring that material for a hot minute. I've been working that shit to death. Like the newest stuff on that material is the flag jokes. Oh yeah, the yeah stuff yeah, about yeah, the yeah. flags was all yeah. brand new. Oh, okay, and I'm writing a B side to that for the next special. Got all it. All the African okay. flags, the Spanish flag. I'm going in on, because I went in on white people's colors. Now I'm going on the on red, the white, and blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he said, he said a motherfucking, uh, Australian American flag. flag straighten them bitches out and put some 50 stars in. pop, 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 pop. <laughs> and then the other one's FaceTiming with the British flag. Yeah, yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. That's my one of favorite. I'm sad I can't do that bit anymore. Like I, all that material is dead obviously to me, you know? Yeah. I can just, you can just visit on Netflix once in a while I'll be like, hey, how you doing, baby? Just rub it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Remember me? That was fun, baby. And then you just got to let it How go. How long did you tour with that material? Oh, before years. you put it on? Years. Okay. Yeah, I toured years with that. But there's like half of it, but maybe like 20, yeah, probably, I don't know. I'm just throwing out arbitrary percentages. I don't know, like quarter of it was brand new. Mm. Like I wrote a few months before. Sure. Okay. And then I just go to the cellar and then do it 50, 60, 70 times, you know, before I did it. And then I did it with Dave and then, I, you know, in front of large audiences. And then I was like, oh, this is dope. The shitty part is, like, I did it one time because somebody was asking, come on, man, do it in the audience in New York. And I was like, yeah, I indulged because some of the people, a lot of people haven't seen the special yet at that time. It just, like, came out. And then I was doing the bits, and then I started writing these new tags. I was like, pow, pow, pow. And I was like, I'll never do this shit again. And I just <laughs> I just threw the mic. I was so mad. I just the new, put the mic the on the The new tags stand. were after you filmed? Yeah, after. I mean, Damn. like, I mean, it was just like, pow, 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 pow. I was like. Because that pressure's gone. I was so sick and but no, it's because I didn't do it as long as all the other materials. Oh, it's not necessarily the pressure is that I did it so many times. Now it's just like oh, you know, like now I'm just this is if I saved it for another like you know six months. I got you. It yeah. would have been like another five minutes long probably, right? So I just was like, fuck this. Y'all have I, any I final questions? That's it, bro. I actually amazing. have the so when you when you came here. 
You were in ESL, right? Yep. So you didn't speak English or you did? I did. No, I spoke the, English. The, yeah. the Queen's English. Yeah, Queen's English, yeah. Uh, Hello, darling. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Hello, love. And it'll be on all right, Hannah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so I heard you have an Arabic tattoo, eh? <laughs> yeah. Hello. All right. <laughs> Right then, I do. All right, lovely, <laughs> lovely, very yeah. lovely. So, so you were saying ESL? ESL, yeah. yeah so you I spoke just, English. Yeah, yeah, I did. I spoke English. So why did they put uh, I mean, ESL I spoke British English, so I would just walk around, and be like, instead of asking for an eraser, I'd ask my teacher for a rubber, <laughs> and she lost her mind. She's like, no, <laughs> you can't do that. And then uh, we moved into like the worst neighborhood. Like it's true, I'm the special. Like nobody did any fucking research. We're on Cook Road, and um, and uh, Bel Air. Like between between Aleph Clody and Bel Air, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we used to walk to school to Aleph. Yeah, school. I'm not walking around that around no, that motherfucker, no. bro. I used to walk. I used to walk to school there. Like they threw this dude. I'll never forget him. He's probably in prison. I'm certain of it. But like Halloween, I was like ten. I was yeah eleven. He was like throwing bricks at moving cars. Like this is this is Halloween. I remember running in my mom's house, running back into the house. Just, <sighs> my mom's like, "What happened?" It's like, "Oh, it's just you know, I was tired and." We were racing back. <laughs> I got like one peach candy in the entire plastic bag. Windshields, like, cops. Uh, yeah, I was like, uh, this adrenaline. is an awful neighborhood. This is the worst. So it was just like, uh, I, I, I stuck out. And there's, and there's, I met this kid, and he was like one of my friends in the neighborhood. And his mom, super hot. You know, I remember her just being beautiful, right? I was a little kid, though. I'm a baby. So I I, uh, <laughs> I opened the door. I'm so innocent at the time, bro. Kuwait was just like so innocent, you know. They they don't have any like Playboy magazines, don't have anything like that. They don't yeah. have nothing, right? So the innocence is preserved for a really long time. So and I was like, "What do you do?" You know, asking his mom, <laughs> and she goes, uh, "She goes, I'm a dancer." And I was like, "Oh, like a ballerina?" <laughs> and she smiled. She goes, "Yeah, like a ballerina." And I was like, "Oh, cool, you're a ballerina, right?" And I was like, "Where's your ballerina outfit?" She was like, "Oh, it's all it's in the side." I was like, "Okay, it's in my whole bag." Yeah, but I said it with, with a British accent. I was like, "What's your your ballerina?" You know, like this cute little kid. So then months go by, and I uh, heard they got a new. Uh, pet and uh, and uh, look his name is Robert actually so I go back to his house uh, his apartment I'm excited to see his pet and his mom answered the door and I was like I heard you got a new pussy can I please check (laughs) may I borrow a rubber I'm serious exactly I swear bro I was like can I play with your pussy just like that I don't know anything right so she thinks that I probably figured out she's a stripper. Oh my god! And I was being a little Ballerina asshole kid. with a nice pussy. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And she smashed the door in my face. Jesus <laughs> Christ! And I was like, and I was like, oh my god, why does she not want me to pet her pussy? Oh my god! <laughs> and I just left, bro. I left, and I went to my mom. Oh my I was like crying. I was like, she closed the door in my face, and then my brother comes in and you're just like what happened and I was like oh man I lost my friend you know like he's my only friend in the neighborhood like, he was a good kid and and uh, his mom shut the door I said like, why did she shut the door I was like I don't know I just eh, they got a new pet pussy and I wanted to pet the pussy and and he was like no that's not <laughs> oh, what you call cats here you don't call them pussy you call them cats cats and I was like oh I didn't know what's a, what's a pussy and he was like just oh. what girls have. You know? <laughs> I was like, oh no. We just like, got we just gotta end it on that note. Yeah, yeah, that's it. No higher note. That's it. Don't ask your friends' moms to play with their pussy. Vagabond on Netflix right now. 
represent Houston fucking Texas, man. Like I said, the man had to go do Larry King, get that shit out the way. <laughs> you know, do the little Will Smith, you know, shout out Dave Chappelle. But welcome to the motherfucking What Did He Said. Thank you, man. It's a huge Thank honor to have you, bro. Me, we enjoyed your Thank special. Thank you for having me, bro. Can't Pleasure. wait to see what you have up your sleeve. What the fuck you're putting out next. <laughs> Thank you, man. You have our support. Y para toda la raza que está watchando aquí, este güey si es camarada. Es el pinche doppelganger de Hector, güey. And he's not a chain the way he's from. He's not a chain. He does a little dance move like that. Vagabond. Mo Hammer. Thank you, bro. Thank you so much. Man, appreciate thank you, you for bro. having me. Yeah. Appreciate what you do, man. I'm supportive of what you do, bro. It's amazing you put Houston on the map, too, man. It's incredible, hey, man. bro. Just... Everybody's contributions to the Houston scene. Is I incredible. saw you thanked uh, like Willie D and Trey and Bun. Yeah, they came out to the show. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Well, Bun yeah, couldn't make because his wife, Queen, had a knee surgery, uh, had like emergency knee surgery. And, there. and, you know, initially I was like, is he throwing that out there like a thing? And then I saw a picture of the him her having a knee brace on. Yeah, brace, yeah. I was like, I know he wouldn't do that. You know? <laughs> it's the devil playing with me, man. No, that, that no, came out. It was, that's it was awesome. dope. Yeah, Trey's from the Southwest. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. of course. Trey, Again, Willie. Yeah, congratulations, yeah. man. Thank you, man. Links will be in the show notes. Thank you, too. Yes, thank the you. The listeners bro. in the for podcast sure. show notes. Yeah. Thank you all for tuning in. Peace. Peace. We're going to Tahini Plus.